about that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm throwing dirt, 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 dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to it. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And uh, I'm pretty excited about tonight, Matt. We've got a, a couple guests in studio here with us. And uh, the funny thing is, I think you both, we both had the same reaction to a Facebook post yep. from our guest. And it's almost scary that we think as much alike as we do because we were both on board like, we got to have him on and we had already talked about having him on as a guest anyway but it was like now we this is everything we've talked about yeah you know i i'm like you i'm amazed at how much we think alike you know it's scary because you're like a whole two or three generations ahead of me (laughs) yeah again you got the justin bowling t-shirt on i got the justin bowling hat that's twice we've pulled that stunt (laughs) it is (laughs) that is true um you know it's scary yeah we're brothers from other mothers, man. And other generations. Yeah. I'm, I'm the very old brother. <laughs> Older brother. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's run our, our first round of sponsors here, and we'll come right back with our guest tonight and jump into it. Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year contact gilpin electric and generator services on facebook or call them at 812-953-1261 we've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents let me tell you about my family's agent tommy taylor tommy is an agent at indiana farm bureau insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place why is a dedicated agent so important when you have the unexpected occur you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call him today at 812 812- Don't let your Saturday night go without the excitement and live action at Southern Indiana's premier dirt track, Brownstown Speedway. And I do want to give a shout out here to one of our sponsors, Tommy Taylor. If you're in the North Vernon area, he's moved from the Columbus Farm Bureau Insurance Office right there to North Vernon, local North Vernon guy. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of good insurance agents in North Vernon, but he is my family's agent, and I can't say enough about uh, the service he gives me. So go check out. Stop by. Give Tommy a chance to quote your insurance. He'll be the first to tell you that if he can beat it, he will. If he can't, he's going to tell you to stay with who you got. So uh, big shout-out to Tommy Taylor and everything Tommy does there. He's my agent also. There's not any, there's not yeah. one better. No, not at all. And you I, know, he, he makes sure to run – you know all your stuff to make sure you're getting you know the best you can get out of them and everything like and that, explains so. your coverage i want to say yes. that too because it's a huge element when i went to him he sat down with my policy and said i'm giving you apples to apples so many times 
they'll get you a cheaper price but if you don't pay attention to fine print you may not be getting the same coverage and and he gave me exactly what i had and and now don't get me wrong it's not one of these unbelievable stories that he saved me you know a thousand dollars a year he saved me nine dollars a year but you know what he's a terrific agent and still saved me nine bucks a year and gave me the same and, and actually a little more coverage than what i had before so i just wanted to give him that shout out so matt why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests tonight and let's jump right into it we have a uh, shannon walt hornet driver from hayden indiana and then uh, my brother-in-law john Rourke in the studio this evening thank you welcome guys and shannon and i i kind of alluded to it there before we got started you know we have since we started this we have been determined for this to be a positive for the racing community we never wanted to come on here and and stir drama and you know do the things that social media does so often and and like i said both of us woke up sunday morning and saw your facebook post i actually seen it before i went to bed saturday night i, I made the comment before i went to bed so. you're better than i i saw it sunday morning <laughs> he saw it saturday night um but we saw your facebook post and i, I have to be honest man it, it, it's everything we've talked about in racing and and i want to and i know you kind of talked about it off air but what led you to make that post it was just honesty i mean i completely screwed up so i was going to admit it and own it i i've always thought that was the main thing that everybody needed to do was own their own mistakes that's so rare nowadays though you know when somebody messes up in your head you might know it but you know they there's this reason or it's that reason it's hard for people to own their mistakes and you i mean you just straight up owned it and i I was immediately impressed that's why i had to post immediately on there like you know and i think i told you so that's a man right there that you owned it you know so that uh very very impressed i've been opposite to you i mean i i gotta admit i've been on there and run my mouth on there and throw to fit and i think i did it with andy brown the first of the year first race (laughs) of the season and then had to go back and eat my own words after i watched the video and i I realized right off the bat there i had screwed up so there was no need in even (laughs) trying to point it on somebody else (laughs) And I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, you even told some of the guys if their stuff was turn, tore up to reach out to you and if you could help in any way you could. Oh, want. yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing for me. And, and we talk all the time about, you know, racing being a family. And, you know, that it's amazing to me still today that some competitors and you being one of them would hand a guy parts so that he can go out and race against you instead of sitting in the pits. And like I said, I come from a football background and – you know if i'm playing peyton manning and peyton manning goes down with a knee injury i'm not offering my quarterback to go ahead and go over there and play for them to to make it work but that's the racing community and and i I don't want to i don't want to embarrass you but i can't say enough about how much that was a stand-up post and how positive it was for the racing community i told you beforehand it wears me out some sunday mornings and that's why probably a big reason why we don't do these on sundays because i don't know that i could be as positive because i get on facebook and i read all the drama from the night before and i just think to myself if i didn't really love this sport and my wife is one that i'm starting to bring into the fold who never grew up around it when she reads that she's like why is there so much drama about it and it doesn't encourage people to come out and what you wrote 100 i would want to come out and i'm gonna be honest you i guarantee you you won some fans over with that post I, I think so too that, that's immediately what i thought when i read that you know because people look for a stand-up guy right and it was funny like i said we have talked about having you on as a guest but both of us text i texted him immediately on sunday i said shannon walp and he texted me back and said you saw his post didn't you and i said i did i just commented and he goes 
I'm reaching out to him now. And I yeah, said, we I, need I to have him I was actually going to reach out to you before you even sent me a text. <laughs> right. You know, like, hey, you, you need to come on the show, man. Right. So, so I just want to, and I, like I said, I don't want to embarrass you. I know you're a humble guy, but kudos to you, man. That yeah. That is thanks. That is something the racing community doesn't see right now, right. And, and it needs to. Right. But I want to go back, way back. Where does this come from, man? I ask everybody this every week, and I know there may be some listeners that get bored with it, but every driver that walks in here to me, it's so intriguing to me to figure out how did dirt get in your blood. Because once it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Um, my dad started in the 60s, I'm going to say, or maybe a little earlier. His first race car was a 49 Chevy Slantback. So, oh, wow. Um, he ran with Wall Brothers. That's his cousins. Um, they're in Comiskey. And, sprint, uh, sprint car guys. Sprint, they're hey. sprint car guys now. Well, they were. They're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Why do you say that this is my problem with this? I say you're old because you're old. When you say sprint car guys, like there's like like that's a like that's a negative human trait. I said nothing negative. Okay. I was just like, you know, they're sprint car guys. <laughs> <laughs> Number 77, if he's wondering. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon. <laughs> Car was always red. Yeah. I can keep yeah. adding to it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Shannon. I had to call him out for his open wheel flu that he gets. Well, was it, Did they call that a rail? Were those references rails back then? No, I believe it was actually just a stock car then. He, oh, he really? didn't have a rail until a few years after that. Okay. So I think George Webster was running around with, Dad was running around with him. Dad was okay. younger than George, but they grew up together. And rail, George had a rail and Dad had just a, stock fender okay. or stock car i think gotcha. that's what they called them back then okay so. so your dad obviously is involved how does it transfer into you um i think it just went downhill i mean dad dad <laughs> raced my brother raced before he passed away um i started racing go-karts and then the stock car part of me actually started because of my dad uh, he went to one go-kart race and i started when i was 14 i quit when i was 18 he went one time and he uh was standing on the back stretch watching this race and a guy in front of me hit the wall all was good flipped out of the cart and like folded himself up in the dirt and dad come home and i come i home from work on saturday morning or on sunday morning and all my stuff was on the corner for sale with a for sale sign on it and he told me he said you're going to get in something with a cage in it you're done on this go-kart you're gonna get killed and then i ended up buying his car and i've been in one every year since i haven't seen i don't think my wife's logged in yet that's <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you told that story early for his son's purpose. There. No, but I but I agree with you because, and, and I agree with your dad, and even me, and I, I joke about that on here, my son is itching to get in something and race, and, and that's where the champ cars and some of these things with a roll cage, I really struggle, and I'm not picking on anybody that does it, but I struggle with putting my son in a, in a go-kart just because the unthink, I mean, just racing happens and right. when you're on your lid you're on your lid right and that to me i just I, it it terrifies me and i know my wife who's not been grown up with it it really terrifies her right i've been hurt a lot worse in a go-kart than i have anything so well and it's it's tough for me when i look at what we see on saturday night and what the move is going to full containment state seats hans devices you know all of this stuff that that's that's trickling down which is unbelievably positive and then to think, I watch this every Saturday night, and I'm going to look at my son and go, yeah, we're going to jump in a go-kart and go get right. it. I, and like I said, I'm not picking on anybody that does it. This is a personal opinion, but I struggle with it. When my wife looks at me and she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, mm, 
I don't know. <laughs> I understand it completely. So I've been there. I almost I, think I, I would go s- with like that the quarter midget car. What are the the, the little champ, champ cars? Car. Yeah, yeah champ that's car. something with a roll cage. Yeah. I mean, again, right. I just mm-hmm. think, I, and I also don't want it to be something. If it's something he really loves, I don't want him to have an accident at five, six years old it's and be scared of it forever. Right. Yeah. Right. If he doesn't like it, that's fine. We can move on, but I don't want to scare him because of something. So right. So obviously, okay. So you you come home, everything's on the which that's got to be that's got to be traumatic in itself just to come home and all your stuff's on the. Court. I just I knew whenever we left on Saturday, and Dad told me well, I was done racing go karts. I was going to start in cars. That he meant it. That he's always been that way. So I mean, anything he ever said, I was done with. It was for sale the next day. So I mean, he he sold a lot of stuff of mine before that way. So I can't really say anything about that part. But at yes. least he didn't discourage you from quit racing. No, not at all. You know, he just so, said, let's go to something a little more he's, safer. He's always had my back no matter what decisions I made as far as car-wise. But the go-kart thing, he just wasn't behind very much. So, But, but I, over the years, he's got to see some pretty dramatic stuff with the carts, too. So I had a truck stolen at Tunica, Mississippi, and never did get it back. Oh, my gosh. Um, had three or four surgeries to put my elbow back together after being burnt at Charlestown Speedway. Uh, broke two vertebrae in my neck. Broke my collarbone. There's a little bit of everything I broke on go karts, so we so, raced. We raced at Columbus or at, at uh, Charlestown on a Friday. I got upside down, broke my wrist. Had a cast put on it that night. We got back home at like three o'clock in the morning, fixed the cart. Dad took ten snips and cut the corner of my cast out so I could race. It was a five thousand one show. So you could rip the wheel at Columbus, so I could rip the wheel and turned upside down again and re-snapped that wrist and that that brace. And I'm standing like this, and the EMT comes around and goes, anything broke? I said, yeah, my wrist. And when I put my arm down, my glove and that cast fell off. And the guy just stood there and looked at me like, are you crazy or what? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. So. Wow. So you were, how long did you race the go-karts then? I started when I was 14 with Joe Barger. Okay, yeah. And Dr. Quit, Hook. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I heard that name in forever. <laughs> but I can't I can't even say it with a straight face, that name. Especially how it came about. I so. know I know the story behind oh, the name. I figured yeah. you did. <laughs> I think everybody in Jennings County knows the story behind that name. Oh yeah. And then um I quit when I was I think it was eighteen. I went back to it for oh, wow. one or two years. They're just driving for different people, goofing off and stuff like yeah. that. But Joe, I mean, he was raised since a kid. I know he used to go down Joe's, Daytona. Joe started when he was like eight or nine. Yeah. I know he used to go to down Daytona and I, do I went some with him two or three different years. Yeah. We went to Tunica several years. He was actually with me and we were sitting in a hotel room. Joe's the one that found out my truck got stolen. Oh, no kidding. We were at Lucky Strike Casino <laughs> at like three in the morning. He's stretching. He goes, did you move the truck? I said, we got here at like one and it's three now. Do you think I moved the truck? He's like, it's gone. I'm like, not a nice joke to play. I get up and there's my parking spot. They had them numbered and you could see my spot and no truck. Oh it's my no goodness. Enough. It never got recovered? Never. So So how did you <laughs> not that this part matters. You're in Tunica, Mississippi down there racing. How you get home when your truck's gone? Well, the first thing I did was I'm talking to the cops still and I called my dad and I'm like, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to get home. He's like, I don't have anything good enough to come get you, you're just on your own and hangs up on me. <laughs> and I'm like, great. But a buddy of mine had hauled his go kart down in just the bed of his pickup truck. Thank goodness. He hooked onto my enclosed, which we'd left at the track. And so you didn't all my lose the st- trailer. You I didn't just lose lost the trailer. Truck. I lost all my gear that was in the truck, my spare tire, spare motor, and stuff. But my cart and everything was fine at the track. And he pulled it home to Indianapolis for me. Wow. So you imagine the guy that got that truck, though, and found a spare motor, all the gear. I and guarantee flight. it. And that was right after the hurricane that went through down there. And they said they were taking those older trucks and stripping them, putting them in stuff in newer trucks. 
And I'm like, whoever got that is going to be sadly disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) And you know whoever got it had no... They probably dumped your motor and all your gear not knowing it was worth anything. Right, somewhere else. Even though... I have no clue what the truck is. That may have been the most valuable things for the defense. Right. Right there. It pretty well was. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, yeah, they, they probably thought it was a lawnmower motor yeah. back there. And, yeah, we'll throw know. this out here in the weeds and move yeah. on. The sad part is it was my truck and all my stuff. And then Joe, I think Joe was more mad because it had like his car heart and his keys in it. <laughs> and it was more important than the truck was to him. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, care if you find the truck. Just find the ditch my car. I got home by riding home with Joe and like five other people crammed in a dually. Oh, my. So this brett barger joe's son yes the first thing he says when we wake up the next morning we get to the track is well you can buy that hoodie you want and now you don't have to pay gas on the way home (laughs) (laughs) i just stood there like what do i say back to this no i have to buy a truck yeah now i gotta buy a truck and i gotta pay pay him for the one they stole (laughs) you can buy that hoodie now you don't have to pay you know that's a positive outlook on life i wish i had that yeah yeah kids so the the burn on your arms that Running uh, alcohol in the in the go kart motor. I actually got upside down at at Charlestown, and I don't remember a whole lot about that wreck other than being conscious somewhat enough to hear thumping noises and kind of roll my eyes around and looking, and it was people in the crowd standing on the pit side. I was upside down actually hitting people, and when it come when it landed back upright, I was pinned down in between the motor and the seat, and the header had me. Oh, really? And it actually never even put a mark on my racing jacket, but it burnt me under the jacket somehow. No kidding. It was bad enough that you could, like, grab the tendons and pull them and stuff. It was bad. Oh, oh wow. So, And then it healed up, and it would heal from the outside in, and it never would heal up. And So they had, had to keep you opened stuff. up. Yep, to, yeah, and they had to pack it and all kinds of stuff. It was terrible. Oh, wow. So it didn't help that, actually, when I'd done it, Joe cleaned it out with carburetor cleaner on me. They all held me down on the pits and tried to clean it out that night so I could race that night. And I'm like, guys, just leave me alone. And it hurt it worse than anything. They chemical burn it on top of the regular burn. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Joe, Joe like never it, lives that one down. Every time I see him, I'm like, thanks, you cost me like $25,000 of hospital bills. So. <laughs> it doesn't matter if my wife's watching. This has killed my idea of ever putting my yeah, boy in a you're done. champ car. <laughs> I mentioned carts with her, and a buddy of mine will call me or something. He's like, well, why don't you come ride for me one night? And she's like, no, absolutely not. She's no, like, That's you... the only time I'll get mad. And she, Anything else, I'm like, I'm going racing on Saturday. She's like, okay, where are we going? Yeah, I say carts, and she's like, no, there ain't no way. And we've had a lot of guys in here, and I've talked to a lot of guys yeah. about it. But and, and don't get me wrong, I've always had the feeling in the back of my head, but you you sold me right there. Right. I mean, 100%. I'm, yeah, you need something that has some containment in it. I yes, mean, that's, yes. that's obvious. And if you ever need another opinion on it, ask John Ortman if you're around him. Has mm-hmm. the 18 Hornet? Go ask him about his carting at, at Vernon. I watched him literally look like he moonwalked halfway down the straightaway flying through the air out of the cart. So he's another one that's all against it. So I'm my, done. <laughs> my, my first job ever at a racetrack, I flagged the the racetrack at the fairgrounds in, in Jennings County. Really? I was a flagman there for one season, and I had never seen so many go-karts get upside down. I, hated, I, I always hated the tires on the outside. Yeah, I think that's what caused it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the hardest track to drive, I think, in the state of Indiana, too. And I did that back when uh, Corey Smith from Scipio, he, was, mm-hmm. he ran the mm-hmm. – the Bloomquist lookalike go kart yes. years ago, yeah. and you know that's when I was mm-hmm. flagging. So it, uh, and actually about that point in time would be one of roughly maybe when I started roughly. Okay, because Corey was racing. You had Corey, you had Dick, still was alive. Yes, Dick actually done all my go kart and lettered it by a pair of scissors and vinyl. Yeah, he cut everything out by hand with scissors always. And, and then you had that whole family from down yep. south. They yep. were big time in that. Uh, and then you had Joe and his whole crew. Yep, you had Billy Lamb, all them from right there. Yeah, right at home. So 
which yeah. I grew up right across from Joe. Okay. Joe lived right there in the corner in Paris Crossing. Dad's yep. dad's house and the shop was right there next okay. door. I just used to go down the hill and down over the shop. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was – so I – yeah, go-kart racing is a whole lot more rough than people think it is. I, it's I, a lot. Yes. It's a lot more rough than you think. It takes yeah. a lot of demand on your body. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so dad sells out, and and obviously dad's been, been racing forever at this right. point and, and sells your stuff out. And so where do you kind of turn and go from there? Well – at that point in time, I had done bought a car that I was wanting to try to build, and Dad was still building cars all the time then, and uh, he put a new cage in it for me, which I had to pay for everything. Matter of fact, at one point in time, I think I sent my friends to buy my parts for my dad because they could get them cheaper than I could from him. <laughs> that is... that might have been some discouragement right there, you know. No, I, it was more one of those, if you want to race, you're going to earn it deals. Okay. You're going to appreciate okay. it more if you pay for everything. He never would pay for anything. I got to drive for him one night, and his exact words to me when we went out before hot laps and the heat race was, drive it like it's yours and i think i knocked both front fenders and nose off of it when we come in he said okay the rest of the night you could drive it like it's mine <laughs> so then it was get your own car and we're, we're done with this you ain't gonna drive for me deal and uh but you know what and i want to ask you this question and because that's something we don't see today hardly at all don't you appreciate that more today that you had to figure it out. Like, even if you did have to send your friends to buy parts because yeah, they got I, it cheaper. I, I grew up appreciating everything that way. I mean, literally, dad's hand-me-down parts. I, I knew what I could do with them, what I couldn't do with them, and I appreciated them more. And you and you made them work, yeah. what you could do with it. Yeah. Well, so much as I made them work. Now I look back <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, what was I a moron? I didn't know what I was doing with a car. I didn't even need to be in the thing. <laughs> I just but, I just strapped <laughs> stuff on and right, went. <laughs> right. If I learned how to drive, I'd have been in, oh, totally in trouble. But... <laughs> But, I mean, it's got to. And I think so many times today, that element of earning it right. is gone. Yes. Now, what class did you jump into? What? Started off in pier stocks. Okay. That's when the pier stocks first started at Vernon. Yep. And then I went from, I went around pier stock for a couple of years and went back to mini stocks. That's when the mini stocks were still going. Before Hoosier, the Hornets. The mini stocks. Yes. Started with it, ran it for several years, and then went back to pier stocks. And then... Me and her first got together in 2009. I built a new modified, which was the dumbest thing I could have ever done. I mean, I really couldn't afford to build a pier stock, let alone. I thought, you know, I'm going to build a new mod and put everything on this thing brand new. And I got to run it one night, and I stuck it in the wall at Vernon, knocked the whole rear clip off of it. I come in. My brother, before he passed away, still laughed. I packed the steering wheel over, throwed it in the enclosed trailer, and said, well, that was that. And that was the end of it. The car no was kidding. done. That was the only night out with the mod. We had it reclipped, and I sold it. Wow. I just I couldn't afford it. So. And when you look back, you know, jumping into the, the pure stock and, and those things, what do you think? I mean, you've obviously had a lot of experience with it, going from pure stock and building the mod and then being back in the Hornets. What do you think you've learned along the way that's helped you so much getting back into the Hornets now? My dad, from the day I started, preached to go slower, to go faster. And it <laughs> took me probably 10 years to even figure out what he had a clue about. And literally, I, I try to tell guys that now, and they don't understand it either, which mm -hmm. I understand because I didn't either. But a lot of times, if you slow down and just do what you should be doing in the car, it may feel slower, but it's going to be faster. That's my was my biggest thing. I, I drove like a complete idiot. I had several people tell me I was my own worst enemy in a race car when I first started. <laughs> and now that I look back on the videos, I'm like, you know, everybody was right. They, they weren't telling <laughs> and that's any a, lies. That's a hard truth right. as, as a young guy in a car to look right. at yourself and go, because and i agree with you and we've talked to drivers i've never sat in your seat but it it's hard for me to sit up there and think because as a fan you when i'm watching somebody i keep saying push it harder push it harder right little deeper little deeper 
But when you really go back and watch the video and study it, it's a guy that's the smoothest, that hits his marks every time, mm-hmm. that stays on his line, that's able to find, and not only stay on his line, but find that moisture, or find the traction right. to keep it consistent. But if I was sitting in the car and you're riding behind somebody, I, I don't know that I have the patience to go, all right, I'm going to drive this a little deeper this time. Right. I'm going to drive it a little deeper this time. And, and I think that's one of the hardest things to learn. Right. It is. Well, I think the other the other hard part is the dad's always right. You know, all of us being males, it's always hard to say, "Man, dad was right." You know, right? Because you don't want to. You know, when you're young, dad ain't gonna be right. You know, I know definitely right on that one. You know, I'm gonna know more than dad. (laughs) And then then as you get older, it's like, man, dad was right every time. I can play into that one a little better. (laughs) Bobby Wilson was running Vernon Racetrack when I first started, and Keith Deppy come over one night, and I'd gotten a wreck, and it. At that point in time, I was in that, you know, I've been run over three or four weekends. I'm going to go out here and retaliate. Dumb mood. Mindset of being young and just dumb. Right. I'm idling on a racetrack, and Keith stops him. He sticks his head in the car, and he goes, hey, Daddy says you need to take your car to the trailer. It's broke. And instantly, I just turned red, and I'm like, go back and tell Daddy he doesn't own the car. And now that I think about it, I literally run like two laps in the front end broke, and I about turned it over. <laughs> and then they come in, and I'm like, great, Dad's right. It, oh yeah! And every time I ever had to admit that, it was like the hardest words to swallow. Yeah, that's the worst shame in the world, right? When you, yeah. when you, and it's and it's growing up. But I can remember some of those times, especially in my my you know late teens, early twenties, that you go and challenge dad, and you're like, all right, I'm a man now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna yeah. tell you what's gonna happen, and then you're like, oh, you're right, crap. Yeah. I gotta go back and eat my words and just yeah. dad could have saved me a couple hundred dollars if I just listened to him. <laughs> yeah, right. That was most of the time. <laughs> Which I do want to say, John Ortman is is watching, and he's already said, carts are dangerous. Race a cart with a cage. So it's... Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I wasn't unanimous. joking. He literally looked like Superman flying through there. So. Which we, you know, we had Owen Barr on, our, you know, our last guest, and he races a go-kart. Right. And he actually told, he, you know, he had some bad wrecks already. He, he mm-hmm. told us his concussion that uh, caused him to stutter there for a little bit. You know, he just brought that up, so... Yeah, it, it just... And, I was still in the cart, but uh, and I and I'm not trying to put down anybody that go kart races, but I agree. I think when you look at where safety's going in all these other cars, that's the one that doesn't happen. This isn't good. I'm going to have to apologize to this court. I just ran over it too. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. Great. Just, the weekend's playing over. Just just post it on Facebook later. <laughs> I ran over the court. Sorry to whoever made the court. I ran over it. But I guess you know, as a you know, we're all parents here. It, it, would, it would be hard for me to take one of my kids and put them down in that after hearing your stories. And I know, you know, you said you didn't run Cali to hear that, but I, I know it's running through your mind now. It's oh, like, no, I, and I meant what I said. Like, it, it, yeah. hearing what you said, and like I said, I've had guys in here and we've talked about go-karts and we've talked about being a parent of somebody jumping in a go-kart. And, I, and I, anybody that's had experience in that, I ask. But your stories have, have – and I was already leaning towards a champ car, something yes. with a roll cage. Right. And it, and it's tough for me just in the simple fact, again, that if you're going to put your kid in it, I want to guarantee that I've I've done everything I can. You know, Exactly. That's, that's the first thing I've told my wife. If he really wants to race, the first thing we're going to spend money on safety equipment. Exactly. I don't care how fast the car goes. Right. He'll have the best safety equipment he can, and then we'll start looking at upgrading the car. Right. But that's where I struggle with the go-kart because the best safety equipment's a roll cage. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, first and foremost, don't right. get me wrong. There's there's others, but I'm like, how do I say I'm going to buy him the best and then he's out there without a roll cage? Right. 
I, and that's so that's where I've always I've always been conflicted with it. Cart, lo- I, cart logic's always been a little messed up anyway because you wore a safety jacket, safety gloves, helmet, neck brace, jeans, and racing shoes. You know, don't burn any of your feet, but you can burn anything in between. And, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that is kind of odd that you, they okay the national jeans, level but, was that way. Even you had to wear racing shoes, but you could wear blue jeans, and you could wear them with big holes in them. It didn't matter what you done. Oh wow! So. Yeah, you've you've. I, uh, I would almost lean toward like a racing leather, like the right, the, which I watched uh, after the uh, Martinsville race the other or uh, Darlington race. You know, it didn't go off till what two thirty in the morning, yeah, John. Yeah, they had that uh, racing roots with Denny Hamlin, and mm-hmm. you know, Denny got his start out of uh, go karts, right? And he raced Kyle Petty, and he put on a pair of leathers when he got down in the go kart, right? So his I get back when he raced go karts, he probably wore leathers then too because. His driving suit was was like what the the guys in the like the crash rocket style. Yeah, that's what he super wore in his go- uh, or yeah. super bikes. Yeah, that's what he wore in his go kart. leathers was that'd be, leathers. That'd be a little hard for us big guys. We'd no, waddle, right waddle like penguins trying yeah. to. Yeah, and, and we get chafed like crazy. You know, say, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they make leathers in my size. You know, what? we had four cows in one suit, man. If, if I wore leathers, it'd look like somebody had on a bed cover for pickup trucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. I'm, I'm exactly. Right to, I'm, I'm buttoning it around <laughs> on the front side. Exactly. I mean, to catch wind and fly off. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, it'd be the slowest card on the track is I'm just to be like a parachute hanging off the back of me. Speaking of that, and looking like the penguin or flying off, if you're ever around Donnie Fleetwood, ask him about wearing my fire suit top driving Devin's Modified. Oh, no kidding. He looked like the Mitchell man when he cut in a backstretch. It would blow up his sleeves and it would swell up. And he'd go in the corner and just go back down. That's awesome. But I think... Um, I think Devin's dad was supposed to showed up and drove that night. That's when they first started driving those up front chassis cars that Benton was building and stuff. And he borrowed my suit. Then we all just stood back there and laughed at the fence for like two hours at it. Oh my gosh, so. that has to be funny. So what? What? And I always love this question for drivers too. What keeps you doing it? I mean, obviously you've got this history. You've done it forever. Your family's done it forever. But it's. It, and I don't ever want anyone that listens that doesn't think it. it's not easy. It's. It's. It, this it, is going to be an answer you're probably not going to get them to get but i have no clue because literally every two years i try to quit i have sold out of cars multiple times and be like i'm done and literally like two weeks later there's another one in the garage it has to drive her insane because literally i don't think for the last 10 years i've had the same car two years seasons in a row well i told you before the show i go past your house quite a bit you have more than a car you know, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. Tony, I have, Tony Lucas's car is at your house. It was last time, well, last time, time I went by, it was there. Your car's there. The blue one uh, sitting out front's hers. Yeah, Trent Adams' car's there. Trent's that's car's yours. there because I actually own it. Yeah. Then my nephew's, which it was a new car we brought out last week in the green and white six ninety car, it's there. At one point in time, there was thirteen of those Cavaliers I think, you know, sitting there. Daryl Burton's always known as the Hornet Factory. I think you know your uh, <laughs> Haymaker Customs is. Is we, becoming the, the Hornet Factory of the South now. We kind of teased Daryl about that a while back here. I said, it feels like Hornet Factory South. Daryl was just at the house buying parts the other night. I said yeah. to that when he's got to come buy parts from me. <laughs> you know, the, the Burton's always been known for the Hornet Factory. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think you've uh, you've created another one there, man. So I, I think I just have everybody that wants to hang out in the shop and, and help with the cars and stuff. So, I mean, I can't complain about that part. So. Oh, but yeah, at one point in time, there were 13 cars there. It had to look like a junkyard when you drove by. It was horrible. <laughs> well, you got some other, you got more Hornets there. You, you got a couple, like, pier stocks or something there also, don't you? There's a pier stock sitting around back. It actually belongs to a buddy of mine. Um, there's a super stock sitting there. It's Trent's. That's the one he was going to build yeah. when he bought the house and end up not racing it. Like I told you, I, I go by quite a bit. You know, right. I, for some reason, I hone in on where the race car drivers live. So. Right. <laughs> it's not hard to not hard to know. Just you yeah, when you, you drive by, I was like, yeah. 
race car driver lives there. So. Yeah, normally when everybody asks how to get to my house, I say just drive down base road and look for all the cornfields when they open and there's a bunch of race cars. That's my house. Yep. But well, so. I just love how, I mean, Matt has, has done your inventory for you. You got, <laughs> you got 12 Hornets, a super stock, two pure stocks, and something we can't tell from the road, but I've not pulled up the driveway yet to verify. He's, not that, he's not that far off the road. So. Next time he drives by, I wish he stopped mowing my yard. <laughs> well, my real job makes me be kind of observant. So, you Oh, know, no, I understand. You know. I, I, <laughs> and I, like I told him, we almost bought that house. So that's... Uh, <laughs> it's true. So... So... Uh, let me ask you this. All right, so you, you're in the Hornet class. Um... What do you love about the Hornet class? And I'm going to ask you, and I'm not trying to be negative. What's the negative about the, the Hornet class? Well, I can name the negative right off the bat. The negative is we're far exceeding the speed limit that those cars should be going. Agreed. I yes. mean, totally. And I'm glad you're that honest that you, you realize that, you know. That's... Last year was my first year in a Hornet, and the first time I held it down the front stretch, I thought, you know, this car should not be going this fast to be a 2003 Cavalier. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, they were sketchy like that on the road. Right. When, when you're driving like they were made for Right. It. I mean, there's some little Japanese engineer going, this is not made for that. Yeah. So, but um, the positive, I mean, it's pretty much is my whole group has kind of got the same mentality I do. I mean, if we got it, use it. We don't want to run out and run a guy because he's broke or he can't make the feature or anything like that. We want to outrun everybody because they're running the best they can, and we just outran them. I mean, that's pretty much everybody in the class's mentality. Everybody gets along for the biggest part. I mean, like Saturday, I had a genius moment, but, I mean, we can apologize and everybody can go on and race the next week, whereas it seems like in the upper classes, some guys hold grudges and some guys don't and stuff like that. I mean. Well, you brought, you know, you brought up the, the negative part, and like we said before the show, your guys' class is the only class that aren't built race cars. Every other much. class, that is built strictly to race. Right. You guys are taking a street car and like you said doing things that it was never ever designed to do right you know so that's and i will say this and i'll be upfront and admit it when i when we first started this podcast i was i was not a a hornet fan um and and that's and that's just being that's being 100 percent transparent and but as i have talked to guys in that class as i have watched it more because i was the guy if you run the Hornets last, I'm packing my stuff and going home. I, I was and, the guy that when they ran them first went to the bathroom, so I understand it completely. Yeah, and it's and I'm I'm not I'm I'm just being transparent with it. That was how I always was, but as I've as I've gotten into this gig and I've felt the need to be more involved, I have a ton of respect. And I like I said, I agree with Matt. I appreciate you saying that we're pushing these cars way past where we should. But I have a ton of respect for the work that you guys yes. do and what you guys do to go out and yes. put on a show. And, right. I, and I mean that 100%. Yeah. And, and you guys probably have to work three times as hard because it's not a race car. It's a street car that you guys are racing. There's just a lot of alterations you have to do the car in sparse. Yeah. And it, it takes the same exact amount of prep. The car comes in most of the time on Sunday, which I can't say it this week. Mine's still on trailer. But <laughs> it comes in on Sunday, goes on jack stands, it gets stripped, it gets checked over, everything gets, like I told you, with their hubs. I magnaflux my hubs every two weeks. I repack bearings every two weeks in the right rear, new bolts in the right rear every two weeks. I mean, there's there's a ton of work in them that it's it's like any other car. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes the same exact amount of work. Well, that's where all the stress goes on that car. When you guys are hauling them in the right corners. Right fronts and right rears. Yeah. So, and the driver. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a full containment seat in your car? This is the first year I've ever done it, and it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I, You know, everybody. Now, last, last weekend, I tried the Hans device, and that's going to take a few weeks to get used to, but. 
Well, Tony Stewart had a struggle with the Hans device, so you know he. Right. I mean, that bothered him. So. Right. I'm so used to turning and looking. If I'm coming up the racetrack, I want to look and see if somebody's beside me, or I want to see who's coming in under me when I hear right. motor. And I literally can't turn and look with that thing on, and it drives me nuts. And I think that I, you know, and I think that's the most amazing thing is watching. You know, when you go back and talk about how much the safety has advanced since Earnhardt hit the wall and 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 passed away when you look at that how much drivers have had to adjust because like right. you said stewart couldn't stand it no when he first put i mean it he got off. fined and everything because he was so against it right and you you have drivers now that probably have never gotten a car without one you i'd know, they, say several you know they don't even know what it's like to be right. in there you know and you know i stood there in the infield with you when uh the hall of fame classic because spanky was there to announce that race so i i got to be a spectator and i went down I am amazed. You can never see this from the grandstand side, so I think everybody needs to find a way to watch from the infield one time. <laughs> yes, except for with a broke-down car. That's no fun to watch from the infield <laughs> yeah. with that. But how much you guys as drivers move around in that car? Exactly. Because the one I noticed the most, and, and he's probably got more laps at Brownstown Speedway than anybody now, was Devin Gilpin in that race. When he would come out of turn four, he was turned – looking to his inside to see what what was there and he never turned back and looked straight till he was past the flag stand and getting ready to set up for one the other one that's the worst about that is when i grew up watching was popcorn oh yeah willie slee popcorn would turn yeah. completely backwards in the car and race beside of you looking at you yeah. tim, i watched tim clark do that too <laughs> yeah tim would turn around a whole lot but from the grandstands you don't get to see that you know you right. got the, you got the headrest and you know the driver's pretty much secluded from the from the the spectators right but when i stood in the infield i was amazed at the body movement and head turns that even right. with all their you know the self-containment seats or full containment seats and the hans they're still moving that much in the right. cars that you never get to see and right. it's funny you bring that up because people always because before i usually stood on the on the roof and watch the races mm-hmm. up there and this year's the first time i've really started staying in the infield and i have found that so interesting now it's nauseating to turn around and spin circles all night long I always just give up a corner. I put one corner to my back, and I just I just give that corner up in my view, you know. And so. I always tell myself I'm going to do that until it gets exciting, and then I lock into the <laughs> where it's racing, and I'm spinning circles in the infield. But it, it's a whole different perspective, yes. and I agree with you 100%. It, it's, it, I'm not saying it's better than sitting in the stands in some areas, but it gives you just a whole different perspective on what these guys are doing and how well they do it every week. Right. John went. Yeah, he got to ride in the uh, in the pace truck this last Saturday. That's why I told him, "Wait till you watch the race from the infield." Oh, it was awesome! I was I, like a kid in a candy store. I said, "You know, it's so much more different than which when the Indiana Pro Late Models went to Terre Haute. We, when they, we traveled there, the the announcer sits in the infield. Right. The, the, the towers in the infield at Terre Haute, and I got caught like Dustin said. I kept twisting because I was announcing. So I right. I walked the, what, the whole race. I turned in a circle. You know, so it, there is a difference there. Big, it, big Salem's the worst one at that. You'll actually get to spin fast enough to watch everybody that you literally do want yes. to throw up. The best place ever in the infield, though, is staying at the fence in the corners of Eldora when the light models go by because they're facing you. This is going to be hard to believe. moving right to left. That is the coolest thing ever. I had never been to Eldora till last year. No kidding. All these years of being around race, I had never been, and that's where we went up and stood up against the fence and watched it for a little while. And you're right, that's that's a total different feeling. Because they're coming. In, I mean, they're they're looking right at you. Right. They're coming from your right to your left, and right. you don't think it should work that way because yep. you're standing right at the nose. But that that is the coolest view ever in yes. racing, I think. So, my first time last year as well. Yeah. All the I I mean, 
Dustin's first race was the Johnny Appleseed. Actually, we, yeah, we grew took up him. at Bloomington Speedway and watching racing, but had never had never went over to Eldora until you know Matt was like, "Yeah, you're going. Doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there is no option here." John's first year was this year, so yeah, yeah, Kings know. Royal. Yeah, he went to the Kings no, Royal. It was Mason. Oh first. yeah, Mason, my nephew and his, his sons son. there. It's uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, so it's the first time I've been in 13 years this year. Yeah, if you're a race fan, though, you, you have to show up over exactly. there. You do. Yeah, that's uh, that's the place that, if you like dirt racing, that you, you must yeah. go there. Because right. you want to go back, right? Believe it or not, I could do without it. Are you serious? Yeah. I can't wait. There's too many people for me at the World, but I love going to the Dream. And the Johnny Appleseed, I think it's one of the best races because it's this like a low-key race. Man. Right. And no one's there. And yeah, you, can, you set uh, where yeah. you want to set. There's no crowd. And... Uh, all right, let's take a let's take another break here and bring in our second round of sponsors and we'll be right back. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to www.p3graphix.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Billy Badfast Performance is your local dealer for Velocita racing gear, custom and off-the-shelf suits, shoes, gloves, crew shirts, and custom tent canopies. Also, Zamp Racing Equipment, which includes helmets and neck restraints, double-H fabrication, front and rear bumpers, door bars, and T-bars. When you're one of the guys at the track that's bad fast and you want to look great doing it, Give us a call at Billy Badfast Performance, 502-517-9393. Also, look for Billy Badfast Performance on Facebook and Twitter. Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like, from prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more. Stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657. And I saw earlier that Bobby Bowling had joined and watched. I don't know if he still is, but Bobby, I hope I did it justice in the Schaefer uh, Photo and Custom Tea booth. You were down there getting all bronzed up. I mean, if you are not coming to the September 14th race at Brownstown Speedway, it's worth the price of admission just to see bronze Bobby's tan because he will be he'll be looking sharp. He'll be back in the booth. He'll actually know what's what's supposed to happen. The worst thing that could have happened is that Mark and Jamie said, you can name the deals. Well, Jamie looked at me there, you know, at the beginning of the night, and she said, let them all know that we told Dustin whatever deal he made was good. And I figured you was just going to close up shop and be sold out. For They're thing. lucky that the shop was still there. I may have sold the building with what they told me. <laughs> Load it up and let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, you know, huge shout out. And I, I just want to say, you know, to Mark and Jamie, and I, I know they're over at Eldora right now, but shout out to everything that they do for us. And, 
Guys, yes. if you're looking for that special thing, reach out to Mark and Jamie, man. They can do some amazing things. Um, you know, I was talking about earlier, it's not on camera right now, but even to the point of this, this MP3 uh, canvas print right here that you can play your music through, it's Bluetooth. I mean, they do some just absolutely unbelievable things. And uh, reach out to them, get get your sponsor gifts, get your stuff taken care of. If you don't see it, ask about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, see if they can get it for you. So yeah, I may have sold some things they can't even make. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I just start selling stuff. I just said sure. And I'm gonna say this about Mark because I've been up to their house. You know, he just doesn't take 500 pictures and prints them out. He actually goes through and crops them. He makes sure you know things are the, the way they're supposed to be. It's just not a whole bunch of, of taking photos. They're they're cropped. Everything's centered up, and it, you know it looks good. Yeah, and if you haven't made it by the new booth, it's impressive right yes. there as you come in and um you know mark is actually i mean we we were the initial uh move-in crew and mark's yeah. had to come in and fix some things that we broke yeah that we did break some things <laughs> so but it's in really good shape now um when they messaged us and said hey matt dustin you want to help us move in and i'm just gonna say <laughs> they got us on a saturday morning after we camped at the racetrack on a friday night yeah we had to hide from the convict that escaped yeah that was the weekend that the guy yeah. i mean we were so much fun at brown sound speedway a guy broke out of jail to come hang out with us i mean that's who else can say that kind of stuff so, goes on and then saturday morning they're like you want to help us move in the new shop yeah so. and they're wanting us to like do electrical work and get the lights to point the right direction yeah. hang pictures just because we ran screws in places we shouldn't have that that's not on us no 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 you get what you pay for they did, they did buy us lunch <laughs> they all oh, that is true they got less than they paid for <laughs> there's no doubt about that <laughs> much less but no huge shout out to mark and jamie and everything that yes. they do so I take advantage of that man i uh, mean there's to have a a quality photographer like that at your at your racetrack is you know that's that's good and, I, and i'm gonna say this real quick and i, I don't want to just you know keep going over it but if you if you're at the track and you get those opportunities to have those memories and, I, and i'm just gonna say right now there's one that you know is huge to me that i'm gonna get some prints done uh this winter from mark and jamie and it was you know it's when we did the throttled up bonus for the super stocks and and i'm not even in the picture but you're in victory lane alan my son's in victory lane with a hundred dollars from throttled up and giving it to tugger chastain and that picture means the world to me oh, yeah. beyond anything. And like I said, I'm over in the corner with Facebook Live, not even in the picture, but you you will want those memories at some point when they're gone. So get but them while you can. You've been in my office, you know, the the you know, the pictures that I have there, you know, with uh Strimmy. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh Greg Johnson, you know one of my, my all time favorite late model drivers, and of course I'm not even gonna go there, not for this week. So, one of the best there's ever been, but we'll leave it at that. Yep. So, Shannon, we we've kind of talked, you know, that the the um, idea of the Hornet class and what you think about it. What's your goals moving forward? Obviously, second year in that car. What's your goals moving forward with it? It's actually the first year in that car, but second year in that class. So. Okay, fair enough. I apologize. Yeah, we, we totaled one last year, so I had to borrow a car to finish the season <laughs> off last year. I loaned my car to Trent one night, and he totaled it. So I remember that night. Yeah, yeah, he done a good job. <laughs> he did six $700 of improvements. He is the son of the breeze. It's true. 
Oh, you're gonna get her to get a message here in a minute. It's probably not gonna be very nice over that one. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I don't. I'm probably gonna stick with Hornets. It's just a simple fact. I, that's what I can afford right now. So, but if if money wasn't an option, that's not, not an option. But if you had a little more pocketbook. What class would you really like to drive? I in? probably would have stuck with the super, stuck with the super stock. Oh, really? More than likely, I had more fun in it than I have in anything in a while. The Hornets, I'm having a blast in now, but as far as in the past, that was probably one of the classes I had the most fun with. Was the was super stock? Class. And they're super competitive this year. That's an understatement. You, yeah, there's twenty cars that could win a feature in any night. It seems like yes. So you can throw a blanket over the top five. Oh my sure. gosh, that yeah. is. It, that's the most true statement and it's so much fun and it's a lot like what we just commended the the hornets on right. for their feature on saturday night but it's clean every time you can throw a blanket and they're making moves they're making passes there's passes for the lead and they're not getting into each other across the board what right. amazes me is though that one saturday night any of them can be up front and dominating and then the next saturday night they're running eighth mm-hmm. you know it's right. It's and when that, we talk to the drivers, they realize that, too. Yes. If they miss on setup, it's not, yeah, okay, one, I may run second or third tonight, and I can make it happen. It's the difference between first and eighth. Right. If you miss At on least, if, if not ninth or tenth. I mean, it's you know, it's not, okay, this guy's going to be first. You know, last year when Heyman had his unbelievable season, he told me and Dustin, he knew he was going to be first, second, or third. Right. And you know, he pretty much counted, and he, he was. Yep. This year, I don't think he could have pulled that off, you yep. know, because it's just unreal. What, what you know? I don't know. That crew works awful hard too. They do. So. They do. But you know, you had Boatnick at the beginning of the year. He was he was pretty solid. Right. You know, Aubrey's come in there. Shumpy's come in there. Right. You know, there's been so many different. You know, Jamie Wilson, Chastain. Chastain's always fast. Yes. And I got to be Mike, honest Mike about Fields. about Heyman. And I totally get it. I'm not. I'm not putting. I just hate seeing him gone from the track. I don't think anybody likes seeing Heyman gone from the track. I mean that that you know it. In some way, shape, or form, you're used to seeing a 37 car roll through the race. Yes. The yeah, race. and I told him, I did. I believed he was selling the car, but I said all winter long, when he sold the car, I said, there's something in the works. Someone else is going to put him in a car. He's, he's not done racing. He may not race as much as he did last year, but there's something in the works. I have ate my words all summer long, and I still, I, I'm still shocked. I'm really surprised somebody back. hasn't put him in something. If I if I had the the cash flow and had a car sitting here, he's the first guy I would call to drive it. See, I'm I'm surprised he's not been in Loki's car because I know him and Loki are pretty tight, and you know Loki's raced a few times, but there, there's too much room for a beard in that car for Heyman to get his skinny butt in there. <laughs> yeah. but, it's the same. It's it's the reverse of the problem we're having we're getting in Brad yeah. Fry's car. Yeah. <laughs> there's not enough room. Yeah. for us to get down in there. That's why you're getting in first. Oh my God. <laughs> Just please tell me Marty O'Neill's not around after I made fun of the whole sprint car and him getting down in there. I can't say much. You can ask him what my words were Saturday to him. I said, you're going to give us an extra 10 minutes. I got to shoehorn all me in a cavalier. <laughs> yeah, that is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a bull moose trying to ride a moped with that little car. <laughs> I made fun of Marty all last year. The problem is Marty's still pretty solid. I'm just a lot of fat trying to squeeze down in that thing. <laughs> I told Dad last year I was going to drive that Hornet. He said, don't stick your head out the window. It'll turn. The car will turn. I said, okay, you're probably right. <laughs> it's, when I need a little extra a little I can extra scoot over bite. and change the whole percentages. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Hey, I'm right there with you. So it, it, I don't know how we're gonna get down in there. Right. 
I think we're just going to have to take car apart and rebuild it around us, to be honest. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. It's not. So, Hornets again next year? More than likely. I've already got the car. I mean, if nothing goes wrong with it this year, it'll be the same car probably. So, my nephew's going to stick with Hornets, so and she's building a car next year. So, Well, you, t- you said earlier there that uh, the car Trent's in, Trent Adams, it was, was going to be her car. <laughs> right. And then uh, he bought a house and had parked the, the super stock, so yeah. he, he's in the one. Right. So, yeah. So let's let, let's explore this a little bit because we've had some others on that have have been in relationships and raced in the same class. What's that going to be like? It'll be great until she outruns me, and then I'm going to sell a car. <laughs> no, I, no, I can't. It'll say be, that. It'll be like go karts. Even. It'll be like go karts all over again. You'll come home and everything's on the corner for sale. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No, there's a lot of dirt, traffic. There's a lot of traffic on base road too. too. Let her go. I can't even say that, even jokingly, because she's had two or three cars I've sold over the years. <laughs> she hasn't even got to turn a lap in any of them hardly. So. I but, keep uh, telling you I'm gonna build you a car, but I sell it before we get to the or track. Or I end up having to take it. <laughs> Just luck has worked out where I've ended up having to take most of them. So, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll address that when the time comes. So. I think I'll be more nervous about her being in the car and in the class than I will anything. So, well, let's talk about. The first time you guys are door to door racing, how's that? You gonna give into? We're, we're gonna you, need new doors. New doors. We're gonna need new doors. From her, <laughs> from her, or from you. Probably from her. Really? Yeah. So, I just, I she's, just, she's very competitive on stuff. So I, can't I was say just, well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you're not gonna be competitive, you might as well stay right. home. The last so. time we went karting, I think she ended up on top of two people. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty well off camera, but this reminds me of the uh, the the ladies episode we had yes. when. When Heyman and Owen sat back here on the couch, and the couch used to be back here, and all I could see is them, is I can see her face. I, nothing against her. I just met her tonight, but she's going to be the reason I need new doors. Because as soon as he brought it up, she's smiling like <laughs> everything Shannon's ever done is taken out on that door. She I mean, be, I'm just going to tell you. It's, she's not going to do it too bad because she's scared that she might have to raise the kids by herself. But <laughs> Oh, but she's going to rub you off. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be no paint left anywhere. <laughs> P3 will be getting a call on new graphics. <laughs> Another one of the throttled up sponsors. Yeah, we'll work you. it thank right in. For, thank you for helping P3 out You're there. welcome. He's <laughs> treat me right i can't i can't not throw that in there so. no and i and I, he is a sponsor and i i kind of made that that joke but he is terrific man eric yes. is eric and those guys are just unreal i, I really felt sorry for him and his wife because literally every hornet i worked on this year i think went to him to get wrapped and there was like 30 of them back to back to back to back to back he had to be going insane so i think he was glad when somebody else brought him something that wasn't a hornet in between there for a while <laughs> or he didn't have to make a haymaker sticker for it. <laughs> that's a cool logo by the way I, I like that whole lot so yeah that that worked out pretty good. We we were forty five fifty customs. Buddy of mine was my race car number and his race car number together. And he kind of went out and he he was busy, couldn't come help as much and stuff. And just he was hectic with work. And now he's moved out of state. And we moved there to Hayden. And my brother always said a last ditch effort. He called it a haymaker. And I never did understand why he called it a haymaker. But <laughs> with living in Hayden and it being the Hayden yeah, haymakers yeah. and everything, it worked out really well. So no, I think that's a that's a really cool yeah, connection cool. as well. Right. And, and I think it's so cool, like when you say a last-ditch effort, but, you know, talking about these guys that what they do in the Hornet class, I think it fits better than anything. They're grinding. You know, they don't have the deep pocketbooks of a lot of other right. guys. That it's 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 their last-ditch effort to make it to the track every Saturday exactly. night and put on a show. Right? And they're racing a, a car that's not a true race car. Absolutely. You know, 
like Shannon said, they're making this car do things that it was never designed to do. Exactly. I mean, and I love what you said earlier about this, the, the Japanese engineer. Can you imagine if we brought them over and said, let's go watch a Hornet race? The guys that truly designed the Cavalier, they'd have a meltdown in the I stands. I guarantee it. They'd be like, <laughs> you're doing what with it? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're racing it. No, no way. Yeah, no. we really are. No, that was that was a, a, a small-town commuter car to b- right. bounce back and forth. Exactly. One of these days, though, people are going to say, you know, we have a shortage of Cavaliers, and this is going to be why. You know, like the, the Camaro, you know, it's hard to find a Camaro anymore because he's all cut up into race cars years That's ago. That's true. Right. You know, one of these days, the Cavalier will not be non-existent. But I have to be honest. If I hit the age to where the Cavalier is the throwback car, nothing against the Hornet class. I understand if, what you're getting ready to say completely. We're saying the, the, the 60s and 70s Camaros and Chevelles, and if we get to the point that the 2003 Cavalier is what we're looking for, I don't know that I can get through that. I, I think they're doing a service that that's, that car is not going to be around. People collect Corvairs, man. Okay, you've you've that's still a lot more cool than a Cavalier. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not that's not Corvair, a knock. Corvair was a mistake from the factory. <laughs> that's not a knock at all on the Hornet class. I'm just saying when we talked before, my my dream car is a '70 Chevelle. When I think of '70 Chevelle, if my son at my age goes, you know what my dream car is? 2003 Cavalier. I don't know. That may be disownment. That may be the end of it. We've been talking about building my oldest daughter. She's 14, a Cavalier, and putting my race car motor in it. Just to hurt feelings with. That's funny. Well, Shannon, before we go any farther, we're at we're at 57 minutes in, and it has seemed like we've been here for five minutes, which yes. is right. unbelievable to me. But we, we always want to give a guy, everybody that comes on a chance to thank their sponsors and who helps them get to the track. Um, and just before I, I usually tell the young guys this cause they forget mom, but thinking about, you know, those doors and what the cost of replacing doors is don't forget anybody that helps you get to the track on Saturday nights. Well, the first people I got to thank is my mom and dad for getting me started. And unlike the banquet this year, the second person I got to thank is my wife. I forgot to thank her at the banquet and I have not lived that down. <laughs> Um, okay the doors are gone <laughs> there may not be a door left on the car she like wouldn't talk to me all the way home but it was snowing i just thought there was she was just having a panic attack about well, how slow we had to go home matt and i no. didn't talk either on yeah. the way home we, we were having panic attacks <laughs> yeah that was bad that was scary that was yeah. the worst it was thing great until we got to crane hill and then i was like uh-oh <laughs> so. we've joked that i think if there's even a forecast of snow we're just gonna pull the campers over there Cowboys just gonna have to deal with the campers. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay the there line. on the stage. I'm just gonna curl up in the corner in the fetal position. <laughs> Sorry, cowboy, we're here. Right. But um, as far as sponsors, we got uh, Billy Young. Billy Young Tattoos here in Colorsville. He's Booty of the Ashes. He has helped me tremendously this year. Um, he shares my posts every weekend about how we do or we don't do. Um, great guy. Unbelievable. And another. Uh, Beauty from Ashes is sponsors of one of my other podcasts, and and Billy is an unbelievable guy. Um, hasn't inked me yet, but I'm working through everybody at the Beauty from Ashes shop to get ink from, and uh, he he is definitely on my list. A, a terrific guy by far. Um, then we have Lucas Automotive Recycling, which is Tony Lucas. Um, Tony helps me out every weekend. He pays my way in the track stuff, and he helps me out a ton. That's why he's got a great big ad on the side of the car. Um, let's see, we have Hayden Hub. They're on the corner. They're in Man, Hayden. I'm telling you what. Good Again, pizza. I'm a big guy, so this isn't going to come. Not just good pizza, good food, man. Yes. We went down good there for sandwiches the other day. That is that is a... I eat breakfast every Friday. A heck of a place. Some some of their help leaves a little bit desired, but <laughs> I mean... but uh, And then we got Accuracy Unlimited, a uh, little gun shop there in Hayden. 
Yep. Um, they've helped me out quite a bit this year too. So, um, Catch Plus, they're in Edinburgh. They've helped out with parts, pieces, a little bit of money, wheels, you name it. Um, I think the guys in the shop, my nephew, he was just there working on stuff a while ago when we left for here. Um, I think Trent's still there working on stuff. Trent helps out a ton. Trent had more knowledge than I did in this class to start with, so it was kind of nice to have him around to help. Um, Justin Joy, there's a whole crew there that's come over and help. If they got parts and I need them, if I got parts and they need them, we trade stuff out and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a ton of people that have helped as far as that. Well, it sounds like I found a new place in Hayden to hang out, you know. I know. I'm kind of jealous it's that far away from me. Yeah. I mean, it's not far at all from me there, so. Right. Yeah. Well, I do want to throw this out before we get off, and, and I do mean this because we, you know, this winter we started doing some thralled up shops. Right. Um, and we got out to a couple different places, mm-hmm. um, did one with the uh, Black Cat Racing crew at the high school, did one with uh, Justin Bowling down in Salem. Mm-hmm. Reach out to us this winter. We'd love to come out and do. and do one, you know, with you guys as Hornet drivers and, and kind of and detail what you guys do. Because I, right. I think far too often fans, and this was my ignorance too, thought they don't go through the same things that the Modifieds and the late models and the pure stocks do they right. roll these things out of the trailer every weekend they race them and that's they put them back up and they get them back outside right. tonight i i thought the same thing when i started doing and it. i and i was ignorant with so it i was too and and that's where i've earned so much respect for what right. you guys do yep what else matt world 100 this weekend are we gonna make picks let's make picks do i get the first pick our pick will be the same i don't think it will be I think I'm going to let you have him. I'll take him. All right. You're going to take Chris Madden. I'll take Chris Madden. I'm going B-Shep. I'm going to go with Davenport. Blue Quest. Dark Horse. Dark Horse pick. I'll go with Bobby Pierce. Huddy. Oh, wow. I got to go with the 40 car. Oh, really? Kyle Bronson. Yep pretty much brother-in-law to bobby pierce might as well be yeah see I, Who, who's your dark horse uh you pick for me <laughs> i don't know i, I kind of wanted to go tyler, tyler herb. see yeah. well i was gonna <laughs> yeah i almost said herb but i didn't know if herb is really a dark horse he almost won the the dream and that's i mean yeah and i don't know the huddy is technically a dark horse it's not been the greatest i don't think year. any of our dark horses are really dark horses. Yeah. That's, what I, that's what i mean yeah. that's where i started yeah. i didn't go herb there because mm-hmm. herb would have almost been my my other pick to win it yeah. but on a completely separate note i really hope to see some local guys do good but 100 100 percent. i mean we've me all, too everybody's yes. got to have their backs so. yep so i do want to say shannon and, and we we say this to everybody every week but thank you um we know what it means for you guys to take a step out of the shop and come out here and and and, and i say it but w- this is the the most honest statement we can give when matt and i started this we really thought and we and we started this with a card table and two microphones yes and we really thought that's what it would be the whole time was matt and i sitting here talking about racing and something we love and it's unbelievable to us the guys that when we reach out say absolutely i'll i'll take the time a few hours out of my week getting the car ready to come down and talk to you guys it gives us and, all a break <laughs> well and we hope and and, and, uh, and we're here to you know promote you guys right. that's what we want people right. to realize that it's it's for you guys that helps our sponsors and stuff get some out there yes. and we appreciate all the support you guys give us and i i want to go back again and if you didn't see it 
I want to give you credit, man. You 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 are everything that racing needs right now. Yes, and I mean, and I know that sounds so silly with one little post, but right. it is. I mean, it, it everything on Sundays is so negative, and and I'll be honest, I still scrolled through this Sunday. I almost think your post calmed a lot of who can come out and gripe them when they're like, oh man, Shannon's already said. It's hard for somebody to gripe when you just say, hey, man, I, I totally screwed it up. It is. So. And I yeah. think it calmed a lot of that stuff. Right. And again, is if, if I've never been a fan, and maybe some people are like, yeah, well, I love the drama. I want to be involved in the drama. But for me, I want to go because I want to watch great racing. I want to watch guys side by side and, and you know, what racing truly is. And you, you were every bit of that. So on I can't the, give you enough respect. On the opposite of that, we all appreciate fans like that, but there's still a lot who who they want to come to the track and see the drama. Every week. Oh, they want to oh, see yeah. the drama. I mean, it, puts, it puts people in the stands. So. They want to see the wrecks. They want right. to see some of the fans create drama. Oh yeah, you know they as even as a fan. No, that's what always cracks me up is when people are like, man, there's no wrecks tonight. I'm like, oh, it's perfect night of racing. Exactly. And yeah. Nobody got tore up. All of us as racers don't want to see anybody come <laughs> in on a hook because we know what it takes to fix it. That's no, right. that's yeah. and, and so, for me sitting there, I'm like, I want to see them back next Saturday and. So, no, we're, um, we appreciate everything you do, and, and thank you so much for coming on. Yep, thanks. All right, and for everybody listening, uh, again, enjoy the world this weekend. A uh, little break for, for Brownstown Speedway. Come back September 14th for the tune-up uh, for the Jackson 100, and then uh, the next weekend is the uh, – Friday night will be the Bowman 50, and Saturday night Jackson 100. And, you know, we're excited, and, and I do want to say this before we leave – one big project that we're going to work on this winter and we're looking for you know people to kind of you know reach out to us and help with in the sense of you know their experiences Mm -hmm. we are planning to shoot a documentary over the history of the jackson 100 um we're looking to interview you know past crew members past winners past you know race you know participants fans we really want to get the whole perspective of obviously we all know what the world 100 is but for southeastern indiana for really indiana the jackson 100 is what we all are talking about and what that race has meant throughout the history of late model racing here and and i'm super excited for this i know and and i and i can't believe that the first documentary i really want to work on i've i've chose cars with fenders but i'm i'm gonna do it i appreciate it yeah we're gonna have to work on something else the next one the risky brisky documentary from there you go <laughs> I'm so appreciative I might go a week without talking about your bald heads. So. Oh, well, that's just because at your age you forget a lot of things. Uh, so, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, we appreciate all of you. We'll be back next week. Uh, and, uh, again, Shannon, thank you, and we wish yeah, you all the best lot, of luck. Thanks for having me. Race fans, In the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing t-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. 
Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. Octobilt Performance Differentials in Louisville, Kentucky, specializes in race, performance, and street differentials. Don't trust just anybody with your differential. Make sure it's someone who's a proven winner. Contact Mike Kessler today at 502-639-7886. Again, that's Mike Kessler at 502-639-7886. Octobilt Performance Differentials, a proven winner. Does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property? Do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around? Have trees that need trimmed up against the house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call our good friends at Kane's Tree Service. They're fully insured and offer free estimates. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Tree trimming, tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 812-592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. 